Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Uh, much warmer day today than has been the past few days. Right now, 32 degrees, and we are going to stay above freezing all day long. So a lot of those uh, icy patches will become less icy. It's nice. I carried my coat with me today instead of wearing it. It was so nice out. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing how 33 degrees feels so much warmer than 19. 37 is the forecast high, so uh, don't put the shorts away just yet. Uh, last night, the city council met, and among the actions approved by the council, they're going to reopen Fire Station 2. And it seems like just yesterday we had, you know, a shortage of uh, firefighters and we couldn't staff barely one station. But the council voted last night to reopen station number two on South Milwaukee. And they had been using this, actually was open for a little while as the COVID fire station. Uh, when everyone was washing groceries, uh, they had a separate uh, response unit for COVID emergencies. They're using uh, American Rescue Plan money to uh, upgrade the building. Council also approved the sale of two city-owned properties to the parlor, uh, properties next to the parlor, so they can add some outdoor seating this summer. And they sold uh, a couple of other uh, vacant properties. So that's good news. I think uh, yeah. residents and uh, business owners, we uh, we appreciate more um, city police and fire when uh, whenever we can get it. So that's good news. Mm -hmm. It's really good news. Yeah. Uh, also good because. We've only had one fire station. Right. And for response on the uh, south side, it would take obviously a little longer to get from downtown. So, and also, you know, I'm worried because um, we've got those railroad uh, crossings on Jackson Street and also on uh, Mechanic Street that this spring will be closed and probably for nearly two years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so there'll be some uh, new routes uh, for the uh, emergency mm -hmm. service workers, which I'm sure they're already uh, planning and working on. But uh, no shortage of uh, sirens in town. We uh, we know that the are, we know they're very busy, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of calls. They're very busy this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's no um, shortage of cancellations. Um, we've got the uh, MLK Jackson College. Um, dinner on Saturday has been postponed to the spring. The NAACP uh, MLK event on Monday has been um, changed to uh, virtual. But yesterday, the Detroit North American International Auto Show organizers announced that the show is on for 2022. It's going to be held September 14th to the 25th in downtown Detroit at the former Kobo, the former TCF, the former whatever you want to call it, now known as Huntington Place. And that uh, will resume after, we haven't had it for uh, more than two years. I know, but yeah. at the same time, um, it's interesting, you know, why couldn't we have that? We just had 10 bowl games in Dome Stadium, mm -hmm. so what's the difference? Actually, less people in one crowded place, so. I think some of those will uh, will go on. We are seeing some of the smaller gatherings canceled, more of your um, business style convention. Um, you know, you're 100 to 200 people in a, a smaller space. You are seeing those canceled mm -hmm. um, here and there, but uh, not all over the place. The daddy-daughter dance 
uh, that the city of Jackson, the rec department, normally has in February. That's just getting moved to May, mm -hmm. so that'll be exciting. Um, normally in uh, February, I know you had Andrew and Kelly on yesterday, but that will take place in May. Yeah, and they announced also that it's going to be uh, renamed the Jamie McKibben Daddy-Daughter Dance in honor of Jamie. And Jamie had been the DJ yeah. that for many years. Yeah, and um, no matter what, oh, I'm getting a FaceTime call, that's interesting. No matter what, uh, Jamie was there. Jamie was their DJ and he never mm -hmm. missed it. And uh, I know that meant a lot to Andrew and Kelly. And uh, he always played great songs at that. So got the kids moving. So yes. he, he'll be missed at those for sure. There's yeah. no doubt. He's a very big part Did of that Did a great event. job, yeah. From, from day one. Day one, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the pandemic, of course, uh, continues to affect everyone. And yesterday, a couple of uh, developments. One, the um, Michigan Department of Education, they held a meeting and they were considering a resolution that would require schools to mandate universal masking and vaccines in order to stay open. Hmm. And that would become law. The Board of Education does have that power to uh, mandate that in schools. Uh, over 160 people spoke at the uh, board meeting, uh, all virtually pretty much. And the majority of the people uh, were against it. The board ultimately decided that um, they found fault with the resolution and the, they just did not um, pass it. So. Also, um, yesterday, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Chief Doctor, Dr. Natasha Bagdasarian said that um, we could be looking as a state at 8,000 hospitalizations in the next few weeks. Uh, right now, are 4,900 statewide, and of course, that's overwhelming the system as it is. Can you imagine 3,000 more COVID hospitalizations? No. On top of that? No, it's uh, absolutely nuts. And the kind of the buzz going around every, every channel you turn on, every uh, radio you listen to, every article you read is that almost everybody's going to get this. Mm -hmm. um, I was following a University of Washington model, and they're showing a crest of 1.2 million daily reported cases by January 19th. And then predicting a very sharp fall because everyone who could be infected will be infected by then. Hmm. Um, it is interesting. In Britain, uh, first week of uh, January, 200,000 daily cases. Well, last week they're down to 140,000 cases per day, which is still a lot. But we are seeing a rapid, uh, a rapid drop because of the amount of people that are infected at once. Mm -hmm. You're naturally going to see a rapid drop. So. Um, they're saying if you are, if you are, if you're vaccinated, you're still probably going to get it. If you're vaccinated, it's probably going to be maybe unnoticeable. And if you are unvaccinated, um, it could be worse. So that's kind of the situation. Everyone's going to get it. Well, and the people, the potentially 8,000 people in the hospital, uh, the vast majority would or are and will be um, unvaccinated. And as you say, those unvaccinated are experiencing a much worse uh, case of the illness. Yeah, and health experts are urging more vaccinations in the uh, younger groups. Um, five to 11 nationwide, only 70% uh, of children ages five to 11 have had the vaccine and uh, a little higher in the um, 12 to 17, 54%. Pediatric uh, hospitalizations in the state of Michigan are up 66% over last month. 
And we're also seeing an increase in hospitalizations in the age group of uh, 20s and 30s. Those are the, that's the population least vaccinated, people in their 20s and 30s. The uh, supply chain, have you found some things or have you tried to buy some things you couldn't find? No, but I did a little inflation research. Uh, we haven't talked about it on here in a few mm -hmm. weeks. Um, so cost of living in October was up 6.2%. That has fallen slightly to 5.9%. But the uh, biggest uh, items, no surprise, fuel up 59%. Car rental, which we've talked about many times, that's up 37%. Mm -hmm. The uh, in propane firewood up 34%. And wow. used cars uh, up. 31%. I did a little research on my own car. I bought uh, a used vehicle in May of 2020. Found a few of those models currently for sale. Um, the closest uh, to my miles had 17,000 more miles than I have on my car. And it's currently $4,500 more than I paid for my car in 18 months ago for a used car. Is that well, crazy? I, after you found those numbers, I did the same research on my car. Really? Which is a year old. And the Kelly Blue Book right now is, uh, for my car, is $4,000 more than what I paid. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You're, you know, we're, a lot of people are in that situation. So if you have a nice used car, you're hanging on, hanging on to it. If you're in the market, though, there's so many people in the market for, uh, for a vehicle. And if you can't get a new vehicle and you have to get a uh, used vehicle, you are going to pay uh, more than you've ever paid for a used vehicle. It's up 31%. Yeah, we really, until this past year, uh, we haven't really, a lot of people have never even talked about inflation or even know what it is, but this morning uh, the, uh, f the Fed uh, released uh, figures for December. Uh, prices rose at the fastest level in December in 40 years. Oh. Uh, increasing 7% over the same period uh, a year ago. 2021 overall as a year went down as the worst year for inflation since 1982. Really? Do you remember yeah. that? 80, do you remember what that was like in 1982? Was yeah. it milk? Couldn't afford milk all of a sudden or what was it? Well, it was uh, more expensive for us because um, you were born. Mm. That was costly. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Still costly. Very, very costly. Mm -hmm. um, Adam, did you watch the Pistons game last night? I did not, but I bet it didn't go well. It didn't go well. I turned it on. They were down 30, and I mm. thought to myself, who the hell is watching this? I thought, maybe the Pistons are the worst viewed team in the NBA. <laughs> They're not. Any guesses, Adam? Sacramento Kings? Utah Jazz. Oh. The Utah Jazz average just a million viewers per game. Hmm. That's not very good. No. That's not very good at all. If you extrapolate that across the entire United States, that's less than uh, one person watching the game here. <laughs> so, But, uh, yeah, the Pistons, uh, and I'm going to a game in a few weeks taking my uh, daughter and one of her friends. I thought we were going as the whole company. Well, we are moving. Well, we have to move that to the end of basketball season because uh, oh. we just we have to get everyone together and make sure everyone's uh, healthy for that. Here's a shortage. Uh, hopefully it doesn't hit the United States. Um, underwear and socks in Norway. Really? Now in Norway, everyone that, um, once you turn 18, everyone, everyone has to go into military service. It's a requirement. 
and those, are, those people are called conscripts or draftees, and they've been ordered to return their underwear, bras, and socks after the end of their military service so that the next group of recruits can use them because there's a shortage. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, you know, when you, when you think uh, you're having a bad day, you <laughs> yeah. just follow the news around the world, and it's not so bad here. Let's get to some sports. Very, very, very busy night on our Extreme Dodge scoreboard brought to you by our friends over at Extreme Dodge. And uh, we have uh, Lumen Christie. They fell to Northwest last night. Um, we're going to start with girls basketball, though. So girls basketball, Columbia 52, Ida 19, Northwest 71, Lumen 37. All 10 players scored for the Mounties. In the home win, Ashley Weller had 17. Western took care of Coldwater, 60 to 29. And Jackson took care of Pinckney. Vikings earned its first win of the season with that home victory. Boys basketball, our live game. Uh, Northwest gets off to a 19 to 2 lead in the first quarter, and then it was kind of we just waited till the game ended and told Northwest congratulations. They ended up winning. 57-37, Lumen cannot uh, score, and they showed that in the first quarter, and they just got down and they could not uh, catch up. Congratulations to Northwest on that win. The big one in the Cascades, Vandy, they knocked off Napoleon 61-54, and Jayhawks erased a fourth quarter deficit, and they're now 7-0. Jermaine Buckner had 22, Demarion Smith had 6 points. Not an empty seat in the house. Not an empty seat in the house. And again, we did not cover that game live because uh, we're not allowed in the gym due to MHSAA uh, camera policies. But we'll have those teams on the road and then we're probably going to catch them in the second matchup. We'll just run it on a tape delay uh, basis. So let's uh, competitive cheer. We have some competitive cheer and boys bowling scores. Competitive cheer was at East Jackson, Michigan Center High School won. I know that is shocking. Battle for second place. Addison edged Hanover Horton. Boys bowling. East Jackson took care of Hanover Horton on the boys side and on the girls side as well. Desiree Poole rolled a 171 for the Trojans and Hallie Curtis rolled a personal high of 211 on deck for tonight a lot going on a lot of wrestling a lot of girls basketball Napole I think I'm gonna take in the Napoleon at Lumen Christie girls game mm -hmm. we'll check that out see how coach Troy Fairbanks is uh, doing at Napoleon and as he visits his alma mater Lumen Christie oh wow yeah a lot going on mm -hmm. a lot going on plenty did you, uh, did you play basketball with Troy Fairbanks um, he's a few years older than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we grew up kind of playing together. We never were on the same team. But, uh, yeah, so it should be a great night in high school sports. And, again, for the best coverage, you're at the place to be, JTV.TV. Today's show being brought to you by Jackson's Place, Jackson's Playhouse, Jackson's Playhouse. Jackson's Playhouse is now offering yearly memberships for $120. Visit Jackson's Playhouse for fun and imaginative play. I think that's where Brandon and uh, Barrett are right now. They probably are, yeah. They definitely probably are. Today's show also brought to you by Metropolitan Ice Cream Company. Check them out for delicious burgers, fries, and shakes now downtown Jackson on Michigan Ave. And uh, we had Robert on this week, and uh, the store's beautiful. If you have not been to RJ's Metropolitan, 
I suggest you get down there. Yeah, they have uh, daily specials on their food items as well. So check out their Facebook page to find out what's on special today at RJ's Metropolitan Ice Cream Company. Uh, who's on the show today? Today we have Jonathan Green, our city manager, and Roberta and Justin Dahlenberg from Dahlenberger's Veritas, Manchester Market, etc. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV presented by the Pick Center. Our first guest today is our city manager, Jonathan Green. Good morning. Good morning, guys. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. And we've already uh, got our first council meeting of 2022 under a uh, short one. First one in the books. Let's hope the rest of them will be just like that. Was that the uh, shortest meeting of your tenure or no? Of, of me being city manager, yes. Yeah. But I think back in the day, as a, as a DDA director, I think there was one maybe shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Like when Bob Howe was on, he didn't even have time to fall asleep. Good old Bob, rest in peace. I love that guy. Uh, I think uh, surprise to a lot of people, you're opening up uh, station number two. Well, yeah, it has actually had been open before. Like during the beginning of the, the pandemic, mm-hmm. like, hop in the Wayback Machine. Let's go back to like October 2020 when we were washing vegetables and wearing gloves in stores and like not pulling out our phones. That's I'm guilty of all those things. Yeah. Uh, we, and, and when we didn't know how contagious things were and how bad it, it hit people, we, we used that station to separate our fire service and keep our people safe. Because no matter what, when you call 911, you know, we need to respond. Mm-hmm. So the police need to be healthy and available. Fire needs to be healthy and available. And so that was one of the impetus. That was a major reason for for doing it again. But also, as you know, being a downtown person, downtown's going to be awesome when we're done constructing it. Mm-hmm. And right now, well, right now, right now in March, we've got the railroad bridges mm-hmm. starting up. So that would cut off one half of the city if we just had that one fire station. Uh, on Jackson open, but now we've got the one back open on the south side, able to respond out from there to the southern part of the city and everything south of Michigan Avenue. That's what I thought. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that bridge <laughs> being closed, though. I can <laughs> oh, tell what you. Yeah. That's, like I said, that's why I made the joke. This downtown's going to be great when we're done building it. It just seems like we're never done doing something. I and I'm, and I, I, I'm not, I don't have a business downtown. I've got a building downtown in City Hall, but like, I really feel for our restaurants yeah. and our our retailers. Now you guys, uh, you guys had some great partnerships. Um, I think about the R Town with Consumers Energy. I think about the vaccine clinics you guys uh, worked with with Henry Ford and, and uh, the MLK Center. You guys have really um, kind of continued to evolve as what the city services need to be during the pandemic. Well, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, that's what we have to do. It's, it's our privilege to serve the people of Jackson, but it's our duty to, to do everything we can and be as creative as we can. And when we don't have the right city process or the, the, the traditional city solution, we need to evolve and we need to be creative and we need to adapt. And it, we've been great because we've had good partners. Consumers Energy was the lead on, with our town 
and the hospital and the health department were our partners with the vaccine clinic and you know um, I think they both worked great. You actually were uh, volunteering at the, our, our town as it got underway and it's amazing how much uh, in demand this service was during the early oh months gosh, of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah it, it was amazing to see on both sides the willingness from our participating restaurants and businesses to step up and provide meals. But then also it's like, wow, like the need was super, super strong. And I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it came off the way it did. For sure, I'm glad for that partnership. We made a lot of good relationships during that and just continued on. Helped a lot of restaurants too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You had a vaccine clinic at the King Center with uh, Henry Ford. Yeah, and you know, I think the vaccine clinics are probably going to be a part of our future for a while yeah. as we endeavor to it can do what we can to convince people to get vaccinated if they feel comfortable doing it. And so I think what what, they, what ought to be happening now too is strong educational component. Because there's a lot of people who wanted to wait and see with mm. the vaccines because of this, this, this pandemic and this the, the disease came out of nowhere and not a lot is known about it. And so when you're trying to convince someone to to take the antidote for it. It's like, hold on a minute. What do you know about this and what can yeah. you prove? And so I think a lot of <clears throat> having vaccine clinics is great, but you know, maybe having a larger component of education is probably smart too. Yeah. A lot of uh, folks purchased pets during the pandemic and- um, Not you two. You already had your pets. We already had, had our pets. Yeah. Had pets. You're all already, uh, already fully pet petted. Fully petted, but um, <laughs> we have a new dog park, Betty's Dog oh, Park. Oh yeah, right? And uh, I, was, I was at the grand opening of that. Bart was as well, I think Kelly Hoover. And uh, I think you both, we probably, Jonathan, you both and Andy bought, bought dogs. Yeah, bought yeah. Dogs. my dog, uh, there's mine. He, he was mad. He was mad? He did not want to <laughs> yeah. be there. He what? doesn't travel well. He doesn't he, he, He's not used to <laughs> others. others. <laughs> oh, you didn't do doggy daycare or anything like that? No, we had our, we had our boy Rex there. Rex was the... The big, the big goofy golden running around eating pine cones and it was fun. Yes, you remember you had a big yeah, day. There he is. Uh, we had an incident. <laughs> yeah, this is There's yeah. Rex in his, in his summer haircut. <laughs> Your dog um, you kept him tightly on his leash for the most part. Mm -hmm. Is he not a, a people dog? Oh, he totally is a people dog. Oh. He's just so huge. He, we 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 tell. We like to joke at home that if you're not careful, you're gonna get knee reconstructive surgery <laughs> via Rex because he, he, he loves people and he's about 100 pounds and he will come up to you. He, he's, there's not an aggressive bone in his body, but he's just so big. He's big. He's yeah. big, goofy, and uncoordinated. <laughs> Accidents will happen. And you know, Betty, it was all about Betty that day anyway. And like, so yeah. my dog, I'm sure weighed, weighed more than Betty. So it's like, <laughs> let's, sure. let's take care of the benefactor on this. Let's keep the dog on a tight leash. Mm -hmm. That was uh, one of two new parks we had opening in 2021. Yeah, right? We have Workers Memorial Park as well. So that was, that's, I know that was a, uh, a project um, that was near and dear to our previous mayor, uh, Derek Dobies, and it was good to see that get off the ground as well, mm -hmm. right before he uh, ended his term. New roundabout? Uh, at that area where that park is, because yeah. you know parks and roundabouts. <laughs> are people? I'm finding people are not complaining about roundabouts anymore. I think as a as a community, 
we are finally starting to get used to it. Well, we haven't built one in like a year, so. Maybe that's why. That's as soon as the new one comes up, we'll forget <laughs> how to use them again, so. I'm just glad we don't have the double roundabouts where you oh, have right? the two lanes. Oh, we will. Well, we will, up by the highway, but those are, those are a little iffy. Those for, are a little those iffy. Those are a little iffy for folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little white knuckle driving through yeah. there. Yeah, actually quite a few construction projects uh, around. <coughs> That was done. Yeah, we had a good. We had a, it was a good 2021 20, as far as projects go, and Morel was desperately needed. And oh yeah. I'd like to see the city continue the work on Morel all the way to Brown Street. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, that's as a local. Well, I I don't know. I don't want to get into like the weeds of like what the engineering folks and our, yeah. our people who do roads and call local street, major street. All I know is Morel and Jackson highly trafficked, highly important way to go from east and west and there, there's no doubt yeah i mean so. you, I, you come uh, you come into town in the morning whether whatever direction you ha are going and, and morell like said it is one of the busiest uh, yeah. streets to get from the west side to the east side of town and people uh people definitely use it so having that section uh redone is is absolutely beautiful but yes a little bit farther we need down. to go farther. we need to go a little farther <laughs> down so but it is nice the improvements have been great yeah, we, we try yeah our uh, city manager, Jonathan Green, with us today on The Morning Show. More with Jonathan after these messages. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. back on the morning show with city manager Jonathan Green and Jonathan you guys have some new members of uh, city council you have a new mayor yeah um, what uh, what's gonna happen uh, I know you guys have a vision visioning session plan talk a little bit about what that will do <clears throat> well yeah because we have got some new people on council um, I think it's important for us to uh, you know all seven of them in working conjunction with some staff members or department heads to figure out the direction um, they want to take the city or at least some of their strategic priorities for the time mm -hmm. that they're in office and or for at least more importantly the next year um, so we've got a visioning session on february 22nd it's a no our normal council meeting the only thing we'll be doing that at that meeting it will be talking about the vision for the city of jackson over the for the next year um, it'll be a multi-meeting thing, probably another follow-up meeting on top of that. But I thought it was important to do at a regular meeting, uh, number one, I knew everyone would be there in attendance, COVID notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's really, you know, our elected officials were elected for a reason. They were elected after, you know, a long campaign. They've talked with a lot of constituents. They have, I would say, a good sense of, of kind of what they, they have their own sense of why they're there and why they're council members. And, and now I think from campaigning, you know, for our new members and then the ones who have been there for a while have a good sense of like, you know, what the city needs and the direction they'd like to see us go. And so I think it's important for us to all coalesce around one common vision. Therefore, that, that will let staff support that vision mm -hmm. in all of our tactical moves that ha come up at, at, you know, each council meeting. You've still got um, some ARPA money to spend. Uh, I know you put together some ideas on how mm -hmm. um, the $32 million should be uh, allocated. Where are we on that? 
So we are still moving slowly and deliberately on this process. We have, we have, as you can see on the screen right now, we've we've done a few. I would say um, more than a few, but uh, a lot of pre-work. You know, understanding kind of the scope of the projects we want to get into and identifying how much those projects would cost. And they're really infrastructure-based. And the reason they're infrastructure-based is because, as I've said at numerous council meetings, that this money is a gift. And we need to be thinking about this and how do we use this best for one-time thing. And for me, the level of investment that's coming from the ARPA dollars and the amount of expenses that we have in a lot of our critical infrastructures, it, it makes perfect sense to focus our ARPA money on that because that in turn saves money for our, for our residents. It means our, the water rates don't need to increase as much as, as we have because we're, we're able to take this federal money and fix a lot of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you know, people want to say, well, we ought, we ought to be using it for this, we ought to be using it for that, but I, if I can, what I'm trying to do is point out to the things that the city is using with the money and how that impacts their pocketbook in a positive way. Yeah, it's con constantly working, constantly uh, improving. Never, never done, right? No, it is never <laughs> done. You know, and it's it's one of those things that's you know our our infrastructure, our water and wastewater infrastructure, um, specifically, are no fail operations. They cannot fail. The water plant cannot stop pumping water, and the wastewater plant cannot stop treating water. Like it, they have to be running all the time. And if they're going to run all the time, they need to be in tip-top condition mm -hmm. all the time. They cannot fail. And then on top of that, we've got lead service lines to fix, which in turn fixes roads, and that is really what people want to see. Yeah. So if we can get lead service lines fixed and the roads fixed, I think we'll be in really good shape for 2022. Yeah, and after Benton Harbor, there's been a lot of discussion that the state or might maybe federal dollars might pay for that um, for each municipality in the state. Is that, uh, is there something you're a hat on? No. No. <laughs> we'll see. Well, obviously, we have the ARPA money, and that's great. If the uh, there is... The state has a, a lot of resources that they are looking to free up. They're doing it in a competitive grant uh, scenario and loan scenario. We are in the mix with that, and we are we monitor every little bit of state and federal uh, funding that's available um, for this stuff because we know that those dollars, again, directly impact how much our residents don't have to pay through their user fees mm -hmm. and water rates and things like that. Great. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll come yeah. by anytime. Awesome. Continued uh, success for the city in 22. Thanks. Jonathan Green, our city manager. We'll be right back with Justin and Roberta Dallenberg. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show. Joining us are our downtown neighbors, Justin and Roberta Dallenberg. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. We've got you across the street, Veritas, Outer Back Door, Grand River Brewery, down the street, Dallenbergers, and you've got your latest edition, Manchester Market. My entire favorites list on my phone <laughs> is yes. all of your businesses. <laughs> Thank you. It's awesome. I appreciate you love that. it. So tw 2021, you guys got a little <coughs> bit done in 2021, yeah? Despite <laughs> all odds, we got a couple things done. Yeah, it was it an was interesting year, to say the least. The latest uh, venture is uh, Manchester Market, and I understand that... Uh, 
that market, that building itself, has a special uh, place in your heart from your uh, youth. The Manchester market? Yeah. Well, I mean, the last several years, I guess it does. So when we lived in Celine, um, yeah, I guess it does for my youth, yeah, with the bakery for sure. I mean, uh, the last, I guess, you know, five, six years, you know, I've been riding a bike and I used to ride my bicycle from Celine to Manchester and I saw this grocery store that was empty mm -hmm. and it was kind of sad and uh, we needed to place our bakery and our butcher shop somewhere and uh, I guess that's kind of how the whole thing started. What it evolved into, I have no idea how it happened, um, <laughs> but now we have a full-blown <laughs> grocery store, a bakery, a butcher shop, and a commissary. You so, happen, honey. And there's my yeah. mom right there, and that, and she's she's the reason why this all happened, to be honest with you. She's the one who got me into cooking uh, many, 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 many moons ago. And this has turned into really a destination <coughs> and kind of a hangout hangout spot, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a little cafe in there. Acorn Farmer's Market has a, has a cafe. Um, uh, Nick Lemmer makes gelato in there, and he serves his gelato uh, in the cafe area. Um, Musgrove Coffee Co., serves their coffee at the cafe. They're out of Tecumseh. Um, you know, we have fresh baked goods every day. Uh, Lake House Bakery out of Chelsea uh, serves their baked goods yeah. out of there. So it's really neat, actually, like the conglomeration of different yeah. entities that have come into this building and, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, express their uh, business. Um, Perky Pantry is doing, um, uh, like, sort of the convenient uh, chips and cereals and stuff yeah. like that, beer and wines to come, but yeah, it's an interesting place. It's uh, interesting. Talk about your philosophy in bringing all these partners in. Um, people that probably started similar to, to you. Talk about the collaboration and, and really uh, focusing on kind of the locally owned, locally sourced products. So, uh, you know, the video that's playing right now or just played was the butcher shop. And so, <clears throat> when we started Veritas, we wanted to serve local beef, and the only way to really do that is to buy whole steers. So um, we have a little bit of background cutting whole steers. Uh, Afreem Ramajiku, uh, our butcher, has been working with us since my time at Zingerman's, and we've cut a lot of animals together. And, uh, you know, many years ago, he's like, you know what my dream is? Just to have a butcher counter anywhere. I don't care where it is, where I can, like, connect with my customers That's and talk to them yeah. about you know, the, the, the animals that we, we harvest and, you know, the cuts that, you know, because he's a chef by trade, you know, the cuts that we produce and talk to people about how to cook them. And, um, you know, I listened to him and it took like four or five years to develop this whole idea. But, um, you know, we really built the butcher shop around a frame and his passion. Mm -hmm. And like somehow, some way, he's just collected this amazing group of people that oh. share his passion. Um, you know, I think we have five or six full-time butchers now that, you know, cut between uh, six and eight whole steers and chickens and pork and y you name it. Um, they're cutting for different, our, all of our restaurants um, and then also for the community of Manchester and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so now we've built this butcher shop that we've really kind of determined is going to become like a destination for locally raised cattle. And the only way we were able to do that really was because of one person's passion. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I speak that language. I worked uh, butcher counter in high school. 
Did you really? Yeah, I hated it. Awesome. You hated oh, it? I hated it. The bandsaw, cutting chickens, it scared the heck out of me. I don't think they, they probably, yeah. the equipment's probably changed a little bit. It was very dangerous. It's still <laughs> scary. It's still scary. You go in there and if you don't know what you're doing, it could be a whole world of pain. Yeah. Now you, uh, you grew up with a, a passion for cooking and uh, you won some culinary competitions, didn't you? Long, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, I think we have a photo. Oh a my photo gosh. He put himself through college with the with the prizes that he won. Wow. Yeah, talk, about, talk a little I bit about that. I look just like that, but now I have a beard. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's my mom and I at Chef Shell's catering. Yeah. Uh, she she uh, used to she worked there, and then she worked at Bread of Life Swedish Bakery, and I was a really pain in the butt child, believe it or not, and. Uh, Every day after school, starting when I was about eight, instead of going home with my brother and sister after school, I had to go to the bakery and wash dishes. And so I guess I didn't really ever grow out of that. I still wash dishes. That's what I was doing at Dallenberger's to come see all weekend. So <laughs> well, I it's, guess it's never changed. It's funny, like, you mentioned that. I saw, uh, I know Roberta's title <laughs> is owner of Veritas and uh, Dallenberger's chief burger tester. Yeah. I saw you work in the window the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, oh That's yeah. Fun. I loved it. It was the best <laughs> day of my life. Seriously. There's nothing better than than connecting with the people yeah. that go through the window and you know, being able to be there at Dallenberger's with all our teenagers that work there. It's just amazing. That's it's cool. so so amazing. It's my favorite place to work. No offense on their businesses, but I love <laughs> Dallenbergers with a passion. There's a lot of high school kids that work there. They're amazing. That's I mean, awesome. it's just so great to see, you know, kids that are in school yeah. that are passionate about working. And, yeah. you know, and they look up to us to show them a better life. And, <coughs> yeah. and, and I think the, the impact that we have in their lives is so huge because they are going to try to be better people and do better things. And, and we get to be part of that. Yeah. And that's really special. Have you, uh, have you had any... Uh, Kids that reminded you of yourself at 16, 17, 18 through the stores? They're all better. <laughs> all they all have better haircuts. They probably do. They do. They do. I got to show Andy a few more pictures so you can really understand oh, yeah. the haircuts yeah. back there. Okay. No, I mean, there's, there, we have, uh, you know, I'll talk about one, uh, I should say, young man, Jonathan, who works with us in Tecumseh. He oh. started with us like the first day we opened the store. And I'm not going to lie, he could not make a milkshake to save his life, but he was a hard worker. And, you know, the jury was out, like, is this guy going to make it? Now he's a shift leader. He's going to business school. He's, he's graduated. He's in college now. And he is amazing. He's amazing. I mean, I'm working with him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, you were in high school, and, yeah. like, and now you're responsible, and, like, you're taking care of yourself. And, like, I'm like, you're going to be my boss one day. I hope so. And he's like, I hope so, too. Paybacks are good, but um, I mean that's that's one example of many examples we could give you across all of the businesses. Um, you know, I think Roberta and I both are just really passionate not just about growing businesses, but helping people realize their dreams. And whether it's with us or somebody else, whatever, as long as we're helping people, I think that we're doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah, for sure. It's, it seems like it's constantly evolving, uh, and you really are changing. Just in the last month, you added. Uh, seven days a week to Veritas, mm -hmm. uh, lunch and dinner yeah. in January. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Which is crazy, but <laughs> people were really mad, uh, so they yeah. say, about not, us not being open on Monday. And the team was actually really worried that we would be slow. And actually, Mondays turned out to be one of our busier days of the yeah. week. Well, and Sundays, too. The world is such a strange place right now. And so I think that we need a push. We need a push to be normal. We need a push to give people purpose and a place to go and 
kind of like let us serve them so they can you know emerge in that experience and forget about whatever it is that's happening outside for just that moment and and i think that that's a big deal and our our people need a purpose more than anything and we live for them so well you've certainly uh, given us plenty of choices and uh, <laughs> we're grateful for that that's for sure yeah. is this this picture the this awards? is the one i so first i first well, looked at this i thought oh justin was a so oh, man. <laughs> i thought it was first maybe a karate and then <laughs> i'm like no he's wearing a chef coat yeah. yeah that's a chef coat yeah and all his you know prizes but that's a big deal. You're winning. You were winning big competitions. Um, you know, we're we're making fun of your haircut, but this is really how you got started. I mean, and you, but um, this, you know, this is your passion to see where you've where you've gone from the red coat yeah. to now here with uh, your wife and family. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, that was a big deal uh, back in high school because you know I was I was kind of like I said I was a pain in the butt. You know, I mean I worked at restaurants. I got out of work at midnight you know five nights a week i worked full time going to high school and uh you know i may or may not have moved out prior to me graduating and may or may not have <laughs> liked the party um a little bit and this skills usa vica really is what sort of founded my professional being you know but my, my culinary school instructor really took a lot of stock in me and she believed in me and she kind of took me by her side and taught me all about like you know California cuisine and real cooking and Alice Waters and Escoffier and she loved Julia Child and she taught me about you know being humble you know you cook food for people so like you know don't become an arrogant chef where you think you're better than everybody else you're a humble servant and yeah. I still carry that with me today but in competition you know it was all about doing things right and having a very very high level of discipline and she knew that I wouldn't be able to do that just through cooking so she made me run for office as like the vice president still goes say that it was painful <laughs> I mean they had me do like professional training and all this stuff but it helped me sort of set my sights on accomplishing something and you know winning a competition was it was what put me through college I mean I got a full ride to one of the best schools in the country and like going out there while it was hard being 18 years old trying to learn how to be a disciplined individual, um, it worked. You know, it helped me a lot. And like I, the people I work with now, I try to impress upon them. Like, look, you can do anything in the world you want to do. You just gotta work hard for it, and you gotta try, and you gotta care. And if you care, you'll get whatever you want. I think Roberta also has some culinary skills. I remember uh, one of the early feast, feast in the Fields. You oh. were responsible for the dessert. Yeah, and I was late, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tornado day and the airport's closed and I was taking Corbin, our son, to the airport with all the desserts in my car and then I never, I, anyway, you, you ate it. It so was worth it. waiting for. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, uh, from Brazil. Yeah, I think it was the first Feast in the Field, wasn't it? The Brazilian one? I, I think it might have been the second or the, the third. Second, yeah, mm -hmm. I, well, I don't remember, but yeah, we had Brazilian-themed dinner, and I did brigadeiros, which was a little, little fudge balls. It's, it's not really fudge, but sweet and condensed milk deliciousness. Yeah, it was good. We're, uh, have we met Grand? Have we mentioned Grand River well, Brewery? I was going to mention that we're having Grand River Brewery for lunch today, yes. and I uh, wanted to thank you guys. We had our staff Christmas party, and uh, I think that's the sixth year in a row we've mm -hmm. had it over there and it's is fantastic so awesome. thank you guys awesome. great great staff great food you're welcome thank you yeah, absolutely yeah and you're um, constantly evolving that place too you've got a new retail uh, where you can get uh, all the merch and bling of uh, yeah. GRB yeah that's oh. fun yeah. 
And we, we wanted to expand our bakery offerings in there and our merchandise. I mean, I feel like we can't um, keep enough of it on the shelves. I mean, Griffin comes up with a different hat, I feel like, every other week. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're all so cool. It's like, yeah. ah, yeah. we need them all. Yeah, he's Griffin is just outfitting his own wardrobe and then... You know, you guys happen to sell the product as well. So I know, right? Sell. He's starting his own clothing <laughs> line. You know, he's going to be one yeah. of those one of those clothing magnets. He's going to move to New York one of these days. Be like, well, guys, thanks a lot. But I got to ask, what's the next big thing? You've got you've got something on the back burner, I'm sure. Oh yeah. We do. We just so we just um, took over uh, a brewery in uh, Manistee called North Channel Brewing Company. So our team is gonna be working up there and nice. doing what we did here at Grand River Brewery and bringing the craft made food and the fun service to that neck of the woods. Um, and then uh, we also are gonna start on our uh, new breweries. The coronavirus kind of like put things on pause, yeah. but we have a new brewery that we're starting uh, construction on hopefully this late summer in Dexter. And then we have a building in Adrian that we uh, purchased last year that we're going to start uh, building um, a Grand River Brewery and also. So we're taking Grand River Brewery on the road. Giving me a panic attack just talking about all that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive the amount of things you can get done. Yeah, yeah. but it turns out it's, uh, you know, it, and the family is so involved and it's not just you two, the, the kids are everywhere as well. Oh, yes. They're they in are. The office Dad, right now. Yeah. They are at Veritas yeah. right now waiting for us. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we appreciate all that you've done for the community. It really has, uh, it's, it's amazing what, um, what life it's brought uh, to downtown. Uh, and going back to when John Burka first opened the Grand River Brewery and then the evolution of the company and, and their growth and expansion. It's, uh, it's a great blessing for the community. Thanks so much. We oh, love you're being welcome. here. This is our second home. It <laughs> is. Or more like our first home. I think I spend way more time in Jackson than I do at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do. We love it here. <laughs> Good. Roberta <coughs> and Justin Dahlenberg from Grand River Brewery, Veritas, Dahlenbergers, and Manchester Market, and who knows what else? More to come. <laughs> Only God knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank more you on the morning for show. <laughs> Thank you. More on the morning show after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. You know, this, uh, this week is just been crazy for me. Normally in uh, the first couple of weeks of January, they're a little slow. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how many people uh, are out there working, want to do business and want to get things done. It's amazing. It's good. It's a good sign for 2022. Yes. Back to work. Uh, I think uh, first week of January, kind of slow, but we're back at it. Uh, get ready for a turbulent tax season. The IRS says, oh, we are sorry, but we don't have enough people. They actually are more than a year behind in oh, sending really? refunds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, that's not good. No. That's not good. So yeah. So the deb so the tax extension has nothing to do with the COVID nineteen. No. It just has to do with staffing. So. Yep. Staffing. 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 Uh, we have uh, another show uh, tomorrow. What's that? Who's on? Um, I don't know who's on the show tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. Mike Akins <laughs> from Lester Brothers. And you, Mike and I were uh, chili cook-off judges together, so we're probably going to reminisce about some of our uh, 
chili uh, tummy aches. And we have Dan Watts and Malachi Crane from Tri-County Water. So that'll be exciting to have those guys in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, later today, Earl Pulaski, Randy Watts, uh, Babby Mason via Zoom. And to meet the JTV staff with our uh, newest, is this the newest guy, Lucas? Lucas, yeah. Lucas we're, we're, we're happy to Lucas, have him. <laughs> Lucas Dalson. Lucas Dalson, our newest uh, addition to JTV. We'll uh, introduce you to him for the first time uh, later today. That's it. Thanks to uh, all of our guests, our uh, great team here, JTV, and all our wonderful sponsors, including Jackson's Playhouse, bringing you our show this week, along with RJ's Metropolitan Ice Cream Company where they have daily specials and you can find out what's on the menu, plus their daily specials each day by visiting their Facebook page. Thanks for watching, have a great morning. <laughs>